Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. We need to move. Does anyone agree as you look around the world today? <laughs> we need to move. We need God to move like he's been moving for the last 2,000 years and then some. And I, I don't know about you, but I think God's willing. I think he's ready. I think he's been ready. Uh, are you ready? Okay. Are you ready? Love the second row there. It's top drawer. <laughs> I'll send you a direct debit for the next three months. We need to keep that up. We need to move. This is a move. Maybe we should just change the message title to this is a move, but we're not going to do that. So we're about to start off a brand new series um, called The Blessed Life. This, I honestly believe, will change your life if you apply it. Um, I believe, how often do you hear people talk about blessed? I'm so blessed. Uh, and sometimes we say that and we maybe don't qualify, we maybe don't understand what blessing truly is. Uh, it's kind of just a term that we use to communicate. And I really believe over the next four or five weeks, this is really, I would love you to take notes. I would love you to go look at the scriptures yourself. I would love you to, to just dive right into the deep end. Uh, and I'd, lo- I'd really hope that we're going to be a church. Actually, we are. We've decided it's who we are that truly trust God. We're not just coming to church for the sake of what, ticking a box. No, we actually see a move of God. We actually see God move in our life, in our family, in our hearts, in our surroundings, that actually God truly works miracles through us. But it starts, it starts with the foundational beliefs of who we think we are and who, who we think God is. Can you get an amen? amen. And so this, this series will be about the topic of generosity, stewardship, and giving. And you'll see why I need you to tune in. You'll see why this is important. Because Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. And so a servant is somebody that gives of themselves. It's core to who we are in Christ. It's, it's, it's a core value. If you don't get this, you won't get the rest. You won't get why Jesus came. You won't, you won't see who he truly is. And... Uh, well, why is that important? What's the scripture say? Well, actually, in the scripture, there's about 215 verses on faith, which we talk about within church a lot. Um, there's 218 verses on salvation, but there's 2,058 verses on money or resources or giving. That's over. T- that's nearly tenfold. There's something about this topic that's important, really important, foundationally important, and it's exciting. There's over five times more verses on money than prayer. Huh? Yeah. 38 of the parables, which are stories about truth, 16 are about money and resource and generosity. This is Jesus came to the earth. He chose 16 out of the 30. Out of the 38 parables, he chose 16 of them to be about this topic. Why? It's important. It's foundational. It's a problem. That sometimes we have to get over it, maybe because of a lack of knowledge, understanding, or just a lack of putting trust in God. And so it says in Luke eleven twenty eight, Jesus replied, "But even more blessed are all all who hear the word of God and put it into practice." So watch this. 
Blessing doesn't just come from hearing God's word. It comes from doing God's word. It doesn't come from going to church. It comes from being the church. Faith without a work is dead. It doesn't work. It doesn't exist. It's not real. You come to church doesn't activate God's faith in your life. You believing what God says and doing it and putting it into action does. The power of the Holy Spirit isn't activated by a nice idea or a nice distant thought. It's activated by action. Every move of God, oh, here we go. Every move of God is preceded by a move of man. What does that mean? That after we move, God moves. Well, yeah, God's already done everything. He's played his cards, they're on the table. In the, in, the, in the name Jesus. He's paid for our sin. He's freed us up for the works of the ministry. The power of God is available to us. It's now our turn to make the move. So, so we need a move. There is a move when I move. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? amen. Come on, we're going to bring things up a notch. We, we've had a nice, you know, we've eased you in. It's time. We're going to take things up just a wee notch. We're going to go slow and steady, just a little bit. Um, we, we got the church out this week, all the store, storerooms. We see, we've, I was even thinking last week that we, we had a lack of biscuits. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> That's culture. And I was like, why, is the, why have the biscuits run out? So we just went ahead and invested in buckets, like troughs for you to ensure you get the message that we are a generous church is who we are. Uh, we just sent another tithe out to another local church uh, because we're generous people. That's the decision that we've made before we started. Generosity is a privilege. We give because God has given to us. Can I get an amen? So thank me later for the, the troughs out in the hallway. <laughs> We just bought a new percolator for the coffee. It does 100 coffees at a time. Let's get ready. We're going to start doing parties, church parties, just overflowing with food, milk and honey and all that kind of stuff. Um, anyhow, blessing comes from hearing. Blessing comes when we hear God's word and put it into practice. So what is you know, to be blessed or, or that kind of word that we hear time and time again, it's really having God's power working for you. That's really it. To be truly blessed is to have God's power working for you, not working against you. Well, how do you get God's power working for you? Well, it's a bit like a funnel or like a pipe. You got to connect into it. You got to go in its direction. You got to go in its way. God's got a way, a system of doing things. If we get in line with it, then the flow passes through us. And so one thing I want to, to, to you to understand real quick is that this is not prosperity gospel. Okay, can I get an amen? This is not prosperity gospel, and I'll explain that in just a second. Because one thing, you cannot buy a blessing. The rich man in the Bible came to try and buy a blessing. And he was explained very straightly that that is not how you get a blessing. Um, you're, going the wrong, you're going the wrong way, the wrong funnel, the wrong connection. That is not how you connect into God's power by trying to buy it. Um, the blessing series is not about blessing your wallet 
or blessing your purse or blessing your car or having a blessed Gucci purse. This series is about experiencing the blessing of God's power in you and through you. And so this is really important that you get this. As a church, the whole point of the church is not to get something from you. It's we want something for you. As people come in and we want people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, it's about you finding something for you, finding God's love for you to, to have access to that in your daily life. It's not so that we can just use you to what, create a, what, just another church. That's not the gospel. That's not the good news of Jesus Christ. It's to activate, activate you into your eternal purpose, that we can, that we can check the gates of hell. We can see people saved from death to life, resurrection. It still happens. I was just at a funeral this week, and it's interesting how funerals and even weddings, it, it gives you a perspective on life, that life is short. And, and we're fighting for purpose. And we're fighting for those few years that we have on the earth to mean something, to impact eternity, because we will all get there shortly. And so this kind of series is based off a book from a guy, Robert Morris. It's called The Blessed Life. And a lot of the thoughts, just, I've kind of heard this topic, but this is, uh, you know, of giving and generosity before, but this is kind of just taking it up a notch for me personally as well. Um, so this morning's message is called, It's All About the Heart. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that you are all about the heart. God, everything, uh, when, it, when it comes down to it, you're, you're after our heart. You're after the core of our being. God, I pray you speak and use me to speak to each and every one of us, including me. I pray you bless us right now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. It's all about the heart. Proverbs 4 and 23 says this, above all, guard your heart. So if you want to guard something, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. That means all the bad things and all the good things flow from your heart. All, all the, 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 the bad beliefs you have about yourself flow from your heart. That's the central system of your beliefs. Your, your belief system is found in the heart. All the anxiety often we experience is found in the heart. Trying to control something, we're afraid of something, often it all begins in the heart. So we've got to guard our heart, we've got to guard what we believe. And then it goes on to say in Matthew 6, do not store up for yourselves treasure, what's this, treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For watch this now, this is the point. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So what point am I trying to make? What was the scripture saying? It's saying that your heart follows your treasure. If you put a bet on Watford beating Liverpool yesterday, guess what you were thinking about all day yesterday? Sorry, Carl. Luke Branding was on the phone. He's a Watford fan. Listen, if you put tenor on that, I'm not advocating gambling, but if you did, guess what station you're listening to on the radio? Guess what TV channel you're watching during the game? Guess what you're tuned into, why your heart is obsessed with the result? Why? Because your treasure's there. If you put money into stocks and shares like my dad does, and you obsess over the 
that wee app that tells you if they're up or they're down. Every day we hear about the result. It's up today, it's down today. We're panic mode today, we're confident today. Because why? The treasure is there, so, so is your heart, so is your emotions, so is your mind, so is your thoughts, so is everything. Your mind becomes focused on your treasure. Where your heart is, is where your treasure is, and where your treasure is, is where your heart is. And so the question is, where is your treasure? You know by what somebody values is by where their treasure is, what they invest in. Do you invest in movies more than you invest in people? Do you invest in, in memorabilia for, for maybe a sports team or, or, or some kind of therapy more than you invest in, in a phone bill? You know, where is your treasure? What do you care about the most? And so, so a lot of people might question, because you know, money is one of those things, or giving is one of those things where, where we've seen corruption in the past, we've seen people abuse it, all that kind of stuff. But, and you might come in, why is God always about money? Why is money such an important thing? It, it's, it's actually uh, frustrating. But the, the, the problem is God is not about money. He's about the heart. I don't know about you, but I, have, I don't know if there's, a, there's an electricity problem if the bills are not being paid in heaven because the stars in the sky and the sun seems to be still shining quite bright. The moon seems to be fully functional. The earth seems to be spinning. It seems like the electric bill in heaven isn't a problem right now. So, but why is God about, why are we hearing in the scriptures so many times where Jesus is addressing the subject? And, and the reason is because God is after our heart. He doesn't need our money to make the world function, to give us air that we breathe. He doesn't need uh, any more finances or provision from us so that our hearts will beat and, and the blood will flow. He doesn't need that. He wants our heart. And so the, the problem with a, a hard heart, it, it leads to a closed hand. So let's read it here in Deuteronomy 15 and 7. It says, If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites, God's people, in any of the towns of the, of the land the Lord your God has given you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Talking about giving to others. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Be careful not to harbor this wicked thought. Now, what's it? The seventh year, the year for canceling debts, so every seven years, debts will be canceled, is near. So it's close to this time. So they can nearly just wait until that reset time comes and not give anymore. So that you do not show ill will towards the needy among your fellow Israelites and give them nothing. They, they may then appeal to the Lord against you and you will be found guilty of, of sin. So there's like a heavy language around resisting generosity. You see, see in our minds, we might say in this situation, oh, I'll just wait. I'll save the money for me. Keep, keep a tight fist and we'll just wait till, till the debt clears and they'll be sweet again and we'll not have to give anything anymore. But there's a warning here. Uh, you'll be found guilty of sin. There's a weight with that. Give generously to them and do not, uh, and do so without a grudging heart, which we, a lot of us, I don't know about you, sometimes have a grudging heart when I give. <laughs> no? You're like, oh, I could have done with that. Uh. And because of this, the Lord, um, your God, will bless you. Everyone say bless. Bless. Bless you in all your work, in all your work, 
and in everything you, you put your hand to. So the blessing of God is, is obviously coming through a generous open hand. It's, it's not found in a hand that's trying to hold on to. It's found in a hand that's open-handed and willing to release. And as you release, God releases. And as you hold, God holds. So some of us right now, we're being held back potentially because we're holding back. And God's saying, I, I will release you and your purpose and my plan for your life if you could release control of your possession and what's in your hand. That might look like a gift. That might look like control of something. That's where fear arises when we try to hold tight. And so number one, let's deal with this, dealing with a closed hand. You see, I don't know about you, but before I go to give sometimes, even to church or to people or whatever, I, there's sometimes, if I, depending on my situation at home or finances, what can happen is I can, I can feel a bit of grief. I can... It feels a bit weary. I don't actually want to. I feel selfish. I want to. It's mine. <laughs> what, what, I can't afford to give this. I need. I need this. And, and, and so selfishness often attacks me just right before I give. Right before I'm generous. Selfishness, honestly, before I give the church's tithe to another church there, I was thinking about some equipment we could buy. I was thinking about certain computers that we needed in my eyes. I was thinking about certain other things that we could do with that, even for outreach, dream team party, buying food, buying more biscuits for you guys because you're so demanding. So, so, so just right before I was about to give, I, I, I experienced selfishness. And, and this is what happens right before. Have you ever thought about a kid? So the, probably the, the first two words a kid usually comes out with is like, mama, dada, then mine. Some of us are 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old, and we still say, mine. We're still getting on like we were when we were three. We all experience that selfish draw to mine. You see, none of us were probably born generous. <laughs> but, but the beautiful thing is we were reborn generous. We were born again generous. We take on a new identity as generous. Our sinful nature as a kid is mine, mine, mine. I remember seeing my nieces and nephews and they're all trying to corner the room with their little toys. And it's like one of those things like, let's protect the toys and then I'm gonna run and try and steal someone else's and bring it back to my corner. You know that game you would have played in PE. Mine, 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 just trying to protect my little corner, my little, sometimes our lives can look like that. And you know, when you look at the kids, you're like, this is not attractive. This is not the way I want them to stay. This is not who I want to be. But some of us, that's what we're doing. Our little corner and we don't want to open up and, and, and we're afraid. And what if I lose it all? And what if the Bible says, if you don't lose your life, you'll never find it. And the reality is that's how God blesses. You'll end up with more. But the difference is God can trust you with more because we're blessed to overflow like the picture. That's, that's God's way of provision for the earth, for the people, is that we experience God's love and it overflows. We've got more than enough to give away. And as we give away, we get more. And it's, it's all for the purpose of not being greedy. It's all for the purpose of God's love getting out to the earth. 
Can I get an amen? So God didn't create giving for his sake, but for our sake, God doesn't need us to give. It's for our sake that giving is even a thing. Where did even giving come from? Why do we need to give? Why is it like kind of built up within us as people? Why is it something we, we, we need to do? You see, why, why do we need to give? It's giving combats against greediness and selfishness. It's the antidote to a selfish heart. It's how we guard our heart. And that's why we don't believe in a prosperity gospel. Because what does the prosperity gospel do? Prosperity gospel causes you to, to give to what? To get, I, I'm gonna give here. I hope that God kind of puts a little spark and magic touch on it and brings it all back to me so I can get more. And so the problem with that is it's bringing unhealthy, godless fruit. It, it causes us to be more selfish and more greedy. So, so this is not, see this, we don't, we're not going to throw the baby out with the bath water. God's provision is to provide for us and for others. He wants to give to a heart that loves him and loves people. He doesn't want to withhold any gift. But, but if we hold our hand tight, he'll hold his tight. So giving is the number one thing that works out selfishness and greed out of our life. The Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 24, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are blessed and are helped. Number two, deal, dealing with a grieving heart. So, so before we give, selfishness attacks mine. After we give, a grief attacks like, oh, I needed that. What's going to happen now? You know, just right after you've given, you're like, was that a mistake? Should I have done that? I'm not really excited about this. And so uh, we feel like this grudging like feeling of, of why did I just do that? It's real. It, it's, is anyone with me? Is it just me that experiences these emotions? Uh, uh, and, and so the Bible actually talks about reluctantly give and do not reluctantly give and this is what we experience is when we give you're like oh this is painful you ever had a bag of crisps and someone offers you one but they grab the bottom <laughs> they're like you want a bag of you want one <laughs> and there's like half a crisp broken crisp just there ready for you to kind of pin pick and 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 somehow put into your mouth and and it's just titchy well, sometimes that's how we want to give. We don't do cheerfully because, what, because that reluctance comes through the grief on the flip side, on the other side of giving. We're not actually cheerful. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You see how the work is attached to the blessing. The whole point that God has, called, has created a system that we get flow through His way is to, so that we will understand His love and, and spread His love and His message throughout the earth to do every good work. That's really important. You know, I would love, <laughs> if I could just afford it, I would love to be able to give, you know, treat all you guys, or maybe some of you guys 
you know, or the new restaurant in town, I'd love to be able to afford to give uh, somebody who's a free ride in there with, with uh, no payments and just cover the whole uh, cost for you. But, you know, just can't really afford it right now. And uh, I just wish I, I had the money, but... Yeah, you got some? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Matt, you serious? On a quid? So, Finbar's actually quite happy about giving that. Did you notice? He, he looks very cheerful and, and no gr grudging thoughts, or doesn't seem much grief. You know why? Because I gave him this before the service. <laughs> now, watch this. Now, watch this. He had no grief. He was a cheerful giver. Why? Because it wasn't his money in the first place. The Bible says in Psalms 24, verses 1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. It says in Psalms 89, The heavens are, your, the heavens are yours, and also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. You see, everything, every breath that you take, every bit of blood that's passing through your veins is the Lord's. It is not ours. And when you begin to get the revelation that what's in your hand is not mine, is not yours, then it's a lot easier to be a cheerful, unreluctant giver. You become a generous person. You have an open hand. Come on. Light bulb. Maybe the reason that we're reluctant and that we grieve is because we think, mine, it's mine. Don't touch it. I need this to work out whose plan? My plan. But what if God's plans are bigger than your plans and because you got a tight grip, he can't do nothing? What if you actually put your faith truly in the Lord, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, the Lord who's paying all those bills for those stars in the sky and that sun that brings, comes up faithfully every day? What if we began to trust that Lord and that God and we started saying, this is not mine. The wife or, or, or the husband that I'm with right now, they're not mine, they're the Lord's. And I'm going to steward them. And I'm going to serve them. And I'm going to love them faithfully. What if we had that kind of mindset? It's not mine. What if every child and every daughter and every son in this house, we didn't see them as just mine or ours. We said, that's God's child. That's God's son. And we're going to give everything we got to make sure that they get the best on this earth. We're going to sacrifice and we're going to open up our hand. We're going to open up our heart and we're going to be vulnerable. And we're going to be available. Oh yeah. That's good stuff. I'm preaching to myself here. Come on, Phil, you can do it. You got this, son. That's, that's good. My word. See, God is the owner and I'm the steward. You'll notice sometimes I come up here, and I'd heard a few people do this before, but when I come up here and I introduce myself sometimes, hey, I'm Phil, I serve as the pastor. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm here for a season. 
on this earth. I'm a steward. This is not my church. I hate when people say that. It's not your church. Is it a business? Even if it's a business, it's not your business. God gives you the gifts, the breath to even function within that business. I serve in this capacity right now, in this season. But my overall purpose is from God. Anything I do is for Him. It's, he's my filter. I'm reborn. I'm a new creation found in Christ. Number three, develop a generous heart. It says in Deuteronomy 15 and 14, supply them liberally, liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press. Give to them as the Lord has blessed you. It's talking about God's people blessing others. We bless because we've been blessed. And, and, and if you forgot that you've been blessed, go put your head in, in, in a bowl of water for two minutes and see how you do. And remind yourself, God, I thank you for the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it and blessed. Let's start with the basics. And four, develop a grateful heart. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. This is why I give you this command today. Do not forget what God has done. Do not forget what God has done in your life. Do not forget what God has brought you through. Do not forget the very basics of who God is. Do not, do not forget how you got saved. Do not forget how God helped you through the loneliest times in your life. Do not forget how God provided you when, when there seemed to be no way, He made a way. Don't, do not forget where you came from. Yes, you were born through your mother's womb, but God, they were a steward of what God allowed. They were a steward of what God allowed. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariachurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast.